Welcome to the See You Next Summer podcast. I am your host, Billy Pollahan, and with me, as always, is the Sarah Paulson to my Spencer Treat Clark, Elijah Price's mom, and Anya Taylor Joy, who are all in symbolic colors in this movie. And mm-hmm. yes, if you hear my mom sneezing in the back, I'm sorry. If not, then now you know. But uh, yeah, I'm here with Raul, and we're here to conclude uh, the East Rail 177 trilogy. How you doing, buddy? Thank you, Billy. I will convince you that Snyder is overrated. <laughs> oh, that was a joke. <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> oh, here, we're going to end the East Trail 177 trilogy with Glass, my Avengers, in release in 2019. At the same, oh, it was like, what, like four or five months before Avengers Endgame? I didn't give a fuck about that. Fuck you, Disney. Oh, I was... For two years, this was my my shit. Like, looking at the tweets, looking at all of the behind the scenes, everything. This was like me, or like people on TikTok that fucking talk about everything. I was talking about this movie. I even went to the damn panel at Comic-Con, and I was like, ah! (laughs) So, did you see M. Night? From afar. Ah. But at no, least he was there that time. Yeah, he was there. He was present. He presented the trailer. And he only talked for like five minutes because it was kind of like a Universal, like a lot of movies from Universal. And yeah, so okay. he only talked for like five, ten minutes, and that was it. But this movie is the end of the Unbreakable trilogy, and the technically the crossover between Split and Unbreakable. And like I told Billy many times when I got out from this movie, this was my Batman vs. Superman because I didn't thought how fucking divisive this movie was going to be. Oh, yes. It's not as intense as Batman vs. Superman, but it's, it's there. This is your Batman vs. Superman. This is my Batman vs. Superman. Like Rotten Tomatoes, I think, had like, like a 35, I think, or something. And, and I'm just going to say this. I fucking love this movie. I saw it four times in theaters, and I like maybe three more times during the pandemic and I fucking love this movie. When I got off from Split, I'm going to tell really fast my theory about how the movie was going to play out. And I think I told you this, but I don't remember. I thought that the movie was going to start with Casey, like kind of like running through the woods and we didn't know why. And then she stumbles into David and David, and then David's like, what are you doing here? And then we cut into Kind of like a like a beautiful like vista. We see kind of like a lot of trees and birds, and then the camera does like an Alfonso Cuarón like going through kind of like a window, and we see Elijah just looking at the window, and then he hears a lot of people screaming, and then he turns around and he sees a hallway, and he sees a lot uh, the beast killing a lot of people trying to get to him, and Elijah is is just smiling, and then. And then the thing that I imagined then later that technically it was going to play out kind of like David training Casey because in my version, I thought that Casey had powers. That's why that's why the beast didn't kill her. And so I thought that Casey had kind of like a shield, kind of like Bella from Twilight. That was my idea five years ago. And then David is training Casey while Elijah is training the beast. And then at the end, they were going to meet up in kind of like in downtown of Philadelphia and they were all going to fight. But in my pitch, there was no Joseph. All of a sudden, Casey, through fighting through it with the beast and also 
David is fighting the beast, Casey realizes the truth. She's the one that reveals to the beast, Elijah Price killed your father. And so in that moment, the beast, uh, in my version, it was a Snyder thing. Like, it technically rips off Elijah's head. And you see Elijah dying. And he also, <laughs> in my version, also to the beast kills David. And also Casey and, and the beast are, are fighting. And then you see, yes, I rip it off from Breaking Down Part 2. At the it's end. It's a vision. It's God. a vision. And no, but this uh. is the twist. We see the window again and Elijah's just crying. And we see a nurse saying, wow, he killed all of those people in that train. No one survived that train. That whole trilogy was a dream of Elijah because his oh, mind was already hate, broken. I would have hated that. I, I know. Even Jordan was like, what the fuck? I, I imagine the ultimate fuck you to everyone. And I will be the ultimate fuck you to everyone. And that's the thing that I imagine. It will be the fucking, the biggest twist ever, the ultimate fuck you to critics and everyone. And I will be like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, that's not actually what happened. Let's actually no. start with the actual movie this time. It actually starts mm -hmm. with uh, the Horde, and mm -hmm. they kidnap the group of cheerleaders. That from... they, they look a lot like the cheerleaders from Glee. From Glee. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought the same thing. Mm -hmm. And once again, this is Blumhouse, and everything is crystal clear. And I love the framing of yes. shots in this movie, especially when we get to uh, the asylum, which mm -hmm. then I'm just going to say this outright. This is a better new mutants than new mutants. Oh my God. That's this, is, this is what new mutants should have been actually good. And I can connect them because Anya Taylor joy is in both of them. My that mind is blown. Yeah. I, I totally forgot that new mutants assisted. Yeah, so, so did the internet. <laughs> Yeah, and so we see that the beast uh, is the well. Patricia, Teniki was like, "We don't have to play. We don't have to play with the food, Teniki." And also, and then Patricia with the chair was like, "You would like some PB and J." And then we start with the logo of the movie, and then we see some two white guys recording. One of them is recording. One of them knocks a nation older person, and he's a Superman punch, kind of like a. As a poetry, it rhymes like it happened in Unbreakable with the racist moment too. Well, yeah, and then the Batman rips it off mm -hmm. with the with the train of all things. You see, everything is connected. Oh it's, my god! Uh, I see you, Matt Reeves. They're they're designed to feed into each other. It's like poetry. <laughs> uh, again, it's like poetry. It rhymes. It rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> and and then we see these people are they are loading down. That then video on the internet, the guy's like, oh my God, the way that you did it is like a dramatic effect. As we also, we see the train station. Those stairs look almost the same, even though like the way that he framed the shot of the kids going through the, to the stairs, it looked like a lot of those stairs from Unbreakable 2. And then as we see that David shows up in the poncho and he shuts down the lights and we see that he's beating on one of the guys. And then we see David going back to his office, to his business, done home security. Mm -hmm. See, he's, he's a security guy, mm -hmm. but now he's home security. And yeah. it's also like he's he's using that to, I guess, spy on people. Yeah, which to monitor that's a the city. 
Yeah, that's why they call him his new superhero name, the, the Overseer. Overseer, which is Last a great eight. name. And he even has his guy in the chair with his son, Joseph. And I was like, oh, he's so grown up now. And but the he same still actor. has, yeah, Spencer Tree Clark. And he has the same face. Yeah. I mean, like <laughs> the same face he had as a kid. It's weird. But it's, he's just like, oh, these guys were pretty bad today. He's actually kind of like an Alfred. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is weird because he's the son. And like, this is very Batman-esque. I was hoping for one of the guys to say, who the hell are you supposed to be? Woo woo. I'm vengeance. <laughs> and I love how the poncho just covers the top half. Mm-hmm. Like it hides his eyes and everything. And he's got like this five o'clock shadow now. And he's much more older and grizzled mm-hmm. and balder because he is Bruce Willis and he's older. And maybe he knows what you did last summer. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Yeah, and, and also... So there's a run-in with uh, Jay. Ah, oh, yes! And it is confirmed that is the same character. From because from Yeah, from Unbreakable, because he's like, hey, didn't you used to work at the stadium 15 <laughs> years ago? And he's like, ah, I used to be in a bad crowd, but I turned my life around with some positive thinking. <laughs> And also the other thing of like I love this thing that if Knight tries to do something relevant, then one of the brothers is like a go and so bay his ass before he fights David. And then I love Joseph was like a so bay your ass. I'm gonna add that to my to my notes. Like he had all of the people that have said random stuff to David before the fight. And oh, I it's, love that it's great. David is like, who the fuck is that again? He's an internet guy. He does some like Salt his meat in a really specific way. <laughs> if you want to know about that, just look it up. Yeah, I'm not yeah. gonna describe it. Yeah, just look it up. Can you believe that here in LA, it would the hit that asshole would charge you a thousand dollars that he, for him to sell your fucking meat? There's people that pay for it. Yeah, I can actually. Jesus, and and of course, this is the technically the confirmation that all of them nice three cameos is the same person. And then also we see, we go back into this factory. We see all of the cheerleaders. They're like, oh my God, don't don't talk to him. He's or, he's crazy. And then Hedwig is like, a, Miss Patricia told me to not play with you. I have a girl. I had a girlfriend once. No big deal. And they're like, a, they told me not to ask you about your names, but I, I know that you haven't suffered. And also Drake is my main man. The beast is coming for you any minute now. I was like, a, And I get to greet him. That's my reward. And then as we see that, like, we already went to the M. Night cameo. He was buying some new cameras because of Dr. Fletcher just got killed. So everybody needed, wanted a new security system for the building. So that's why he was there. And then we see David is like, okay, I'm going to go to a walk. And I love the way that M. Night is like, can you let your father go into a walk? Like in the awkward, this is awkward. Yeah, and also it, it is confirmed from the IMDb synopsis that Split happened in this timeline three weeks ago. So it's mm-hmm. almost immediately. Yeah, and that is why uh, the overseer is going out and it says hunting. Mm-hmm. Or he he's hunting after the horde slash the beast slash Kevin Wendell Crumb. And he is i love the scene when he returns to his house mm-hmm. as well because 
I mean, now he's mastered the ability to his precog abilities quite easily because he just goes past a bunch of guys and just taps them like boom, 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 boom. (laughs) And it's not like a flash of light or anything. Yeah. Said that on purpose because of what happens later. Oh. (laughs) Haha. It's it's like poetry. Yeah, Brian. (laughs) But no, I think after this is when... Oh, yeah, there's another thing is the 360 camera shot. Yes. Because Hedwig was on skates and he was going around in circles and we get a mm-hmm. full 360 of the room. And it's not the first time this happens in the movie, mm-hmm. which I really like that camera trick. Uh, at least he didn't overplay it like Michael Bay in Ambulance. Or just Michael Bay in general. <laughs> Michael Bay in general. Michael Bay does a lot of 360 camera shots. And the drone thing, especially the new thing. with the And drones. the drones. <laughs> yeah, and, and the shots of the American flag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at least the army was not that involved in ambulance, though. So going back into the movie, we see that we see that David is walking through the street to the to the factories, and then he bumps into a lot of the workers, and then he bumps into Hedwig, and he sees the little girls, all of them in chairs, and the Hedwig's like, a, "You like cartoons? I don't like cartoons. I like documentaries. What nine-year-old will like documentaries?" Well, I mean, if he's online and stuff. Oh, yeah, modern true. kids are not like us back oh, in my true. day we used to just go outside and play mm-hmm. yeah we our access to cell phones and the internet was very limited it's not as easy as it is now yeah that's true technology was a lot different back then mm-hmm. and then as and then david realizes that he's the one that they need they look he's looking for and then he talks to Joseph because he has kind of like a radio. It was like, a, there's a brick factory around. As we see that the headway goes through the sewers. And a lot of like homeless people see the, see him take his shirt off and becomes the beast. And the beast says, I am you. And then we oh, see. Oh, it's awesome. And did you notice the lighting? Mm-hmm. The dark yellow? Yep. Yeah, that's a very, uh, I love the colors. Mm-hmm. because for Elijah, Mr. Glass, it's always purple. Mm-hmm. For David, the overseer, it's green. Yeah. Specifically a darker green, like an emerald. And for uh, the beast, it's yellow. Mm-hmm. And these colors are not only in their clothing, but it's also in the lighting. It's stuff in the background that I noticed a lot of the times. Yep. It's really good color scheme. So yeah. I will give the movie credit for that. It's really well done. Did we already skip the scene where David comes home? No, well, and, yeah, well, uh, technically we rush into it. David comes home and then he sees kind of like a vision of Audrey. And not Robin Wright. It's just from the back of the head. They pull the, uh, the DC Superman thing that they're doing now, which I absolutely hate. Yeah, me too. It, but it's it's made clear that his wife left him at the Mm -hmm. very least we don't know where she's at but we know that she left him and their marriage crumbled well we know later in context that she died five years ago yeah yeah we Mm -hmm. do he he sees um where he finds out where the cheerleaders are being held Mm -hmm. and we see him in and yeah, the cheerleaders actually do react appropriately. They're freaking out at first because mm-hmm. they think it's Kevin. But in fact, it's not. It is David, and he has a crowbar, and he uses his super strength mm-hmm. to pry him out. 
And then, Raul, you want to describe uh, yeah. the Avengers moment? Uh, yeah, because then we see we see that another thing that I love is now we went into the perspective of the beast crawling through the foot to the roof. And then as we see the camera flipping, seeing the girls and, and David Dunn. And then as we see, we see them meeting each other and they start fighting. And I do agree a little with this criticism of the shaky cam with Bruce Willis perspective of being crushed by the, by Kevin. It's a little weird. It's weird for kid for M Night to do a shaky cam, but I'm like, I get it, but it doesn't ruin the movie for me though. But and then we see that they start fighting, and then there's a kind of like a like a playing with a not playing, but technically like a throwing a fucking like a wooden table, like a big ass table, and then the beast is like, oh fuck you, and then she throws to the table to one of the cheerleaders, and I'm like, is that cheerleader there? Because I was like, <laughs> and also, I don't know if it's true because when they went to INDB, but the children that gets knocked out, it looks a lot like the girl left from Screen 5. Uh, it is not. It is not, okay, because she has kind of like the same eyebrows, though, and the same eyes. <laughs> and so, and then we see that the beast grabs, uh, grabs David again, trying to technically crush him as the same way as Dr. Fletcher. And so the thing that David does, he carries the beast and they go through a window and they're in the, they're already on, on the floor and it's raining. Of course. Of course. And also, it's made very clear that uh, David is much stronger than the beast, mm -hmm. which is really cool to think because you're like, oh man, I thought the beast would be like this ultimate bad, but no, he's got to. He's got a worthy adversary. And at this moment in the theater, I was like, uh, um, Naida, you, you're going too fast. They're fighting the first 15 minutes. What the fuck is going on? Yes, <laughs> that is actually one of the criticisms I have with this movie is that the pacing, it's way too fast mm -hmm. in the first act. And in the last act, in the first and last act, it just goes by way too fast. Mm -hmm. Second act is where the, it tends to slow down a little bit and it takes its time. Mm -hmm. and that's why it's my favorite part of the movie. Yeah, because it's I think, the build up. I think that M9 needed kind of like do like a part one and part two, maybe, or maybe making the movie a little longer. Because maybe, like, maybe like one more draft of the yeah. script, and then it would have been fine. Or my other complaint would be I think Casey needed that's why I needed the movie at least like 20 more minutes to develop Casey because Casey she almost has no purpose in the plot though. Well, she has a very specific purpose, and her development was in the last movie. Mm -hmm. Well, that's true. That is true, though. But it feels like Anna Taylor Joy was only there for, for like three days of shooting, and that was it. <laughs> I mean, it did film it pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. It and didn't take long. It's it's only a two hour movie at most. I heard a rumor that there's a four hour cut, though. I I doubt that. But release the the Shyamalan cut. You know what? You can go right ahead on that. But anyway, we 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 get uh this is when it turns into heroes because we have our shady yes! evil organization and then we get introduced to our a Ellie Staple. Not Ellie Angela Staple. Petrelli. Not Angela no. Petrelli. <laughs> no. Played by the amazing Sarah Paulson. Yeah. It's the first time we're mentioning her. 
on this list. She does mostly TV mm-hmm. stuff, so that's why she doesn't... Like, she still appears in movies, but she's mostly known for TV. Most famously, American Horror Story. Yeah. Which she is unbelievable in many of the seasons. She's Ryan Murphy's muse. She's in everything. <laughs> she's definitely one of them. Yeah. Like, one of the top ones. And she's just like... No, let him go. Uh, there, there was a big flashing light as well. Mm-hmm. And then that's how the beast is no longer the beast. And it goes into uh, Barry. Barry. Mm-hmm. And he's like, don't shoot. They're like, come on. You What's can get out on? of here. Mm-hmm. David. And then his reaction like, oh, shit. They know who I am. Mm-hmm. Because he's been very careful about. Oh, he steps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's actually gotten away with it. He's he's gotten to be pretty anonymous. Like there's still like some sightings, but he's more of like a myth. Yeah. He is the silent guardian, a dark knight. <laughs> but at this point, Joseph's listening but as well. David knows that he's gonna be taken and he's like, Joseph, it's gonna be okay. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Joseph's on the other end and he doesn't know how to react. He's mm-hmm. he's in a lot of distress. Yeah. And then we see Dr. Staple. They go to Raven Hill Memorial. And I'm like, Knight, why you repeated the damn name of the hospital like three times in less than a minute? <laughs> I was like, we need to put them in Raven Hill Memorial Hospital. They have to go to the West Wing of Raven Hill Memorial Hospital. <laughs> and uh, and then we see Dr. Staple. She's taking notes of how we see David through the cameras of David arriving in the Beast. And we see that David, this is fucking interesting. But at the same time, I was like, this bitch knows her her game, though. Because putting David in a room full of hoses just to for, for her to test him. Because this is her technically her mantra for the whole movie. She's going to make them believe that they're not superheroes, that they're humans. That it's a delusion in their heads. Oh, she is gaslighting them 100%. We as an audience know this. But it's also, that's the interesting part is the characters are having doubts about it. They're like, everything she's saying is actually making sense. Yeah, because it's the deconstruction of superheroes, but in a psychological thriller kind of way. Because it also, going back to heroes... Remember in season three when Angela Petrelli gaslighted Siler to think that he she was she was his mom, and then Siler realizes that was that she was fucking lying. Yeah. So I'm like, it's the Angela Petrelli effect. <laughs> so, <laughs> and we see that all of the nozzles is connected to a fifty thousand gallon tank, and then we see the pieces room is a room that has in the entrance a lot of flashing lights. Like a like maybe like a hundred bulbs of lights, and and she says, "Oh, like this is be, you're being monitored. If if we find a threatening identity, the light will flicker and it will force another identity to take over." As we see that Dennis is the one that welcomes uh, Dr. Ellie Staple, and then I was like, and then of course immediately I was like, "Who was that man?" That meant that it was strong as the beast. That man survived. And then and then Ellie says, like, that man survived a train wreck. And then she talks to David. You survived that train wreck all of those years ago. 
there's videos of you fighting and then you believe that water is your weakness. I'm going to make you believe that this is not. This is so related to a memory that you have. And yeah, and she also makes it very clear. She's like, I only have three days to do this. So <laughs> we got to crash course it. It's like an attorney or it's even it's a little bit more time than a attorney that is provided for you mm-hmm. in a court of law. Cause that's almost like, I don't know, like 10 minutes. Yeah. And then she says, I specialize in a particular type of delusional grandeur. I specialize in those individuals who believe themselves. They are superheroes. <laughs> yes. Believe they believe are in their superheroes. But and also then- at this institution, I think this is when we get shown that Elijah uh, is oh, there. No, this is no, this is when we see Casey. Yeah, we see that Casey in Sierra High School. The same one as Joseph. Uh that Joseph attended, and then they informed her that they caught the bees. And I was like, uh, and your family is happy that is this this happened. I can imagine how you feel now. Yeah, a, adopted family as well. So yeah, good his, for her. She got away from Yeah, she got away from her uncle. The uncle is in jail. Good. So, as we see also that Dr. Staple is looking at all of the file of, of Elijah about his sickness. As also as we see also Dr. Staple is talking with Miss Price too. That Miss Price says was like a well, I try to come sometimes, but my Elijah is not the same. He he's barely even talking. He's always like heavily sedated. Sometimes I neglect him a little, but I think maybe my son gave up. And Dr. Staple was like, I will make sure that your son will be, technically doesn't say this, but it was like, I will make sure that your son will be no more again. And so, so we meet the nurses and I like this weird interaction of Daryl, the nurse with Jade, the way it looked really sexual. Uh, James McAvoy, <laughs> the, the Jade. She's like, a, oh, hi, cutie. Uh, I left my my insulin syringe over there. Can you get it for me? And the way that he opens his legs and then he's almost touching his head. Oh, you're pretty cute and you're pretty tall. And I love that the nurse was like, I can get through this. <laughs> like, but then, um, clever, um, clever girl, <laughs> clever girl moment where, uh, yeah, literal. And, uh, the nurse was in front of the lights <laughs> And then that's when they attempt to kill him, but manages to get out of the way. And he's, he keeps bringing the personalities out. And we see multiple personalities, including Irish twins, a Spanish woman, yes. a um, film professor, oh, a, a fuckboy mm-hmm. uh, dude bro that's just like, well, what's got you, bro? And just, it's, it's hilarious. But it's yeah. mostly just to show... James McAvoy's acting ability and other personalities. In less than three minutes is Ian and Mary Reynolds. And then we get the fucking Norma, Jalen, B.I. And then Oh, yeah. Um, Norma is like a Southern lady. Mm -hmm. Blanche from Streetcars of Desire. And then at the end, we get Patricia. And I love the way that the classiness of fucking Patricia. The way that she's like... She gets her punch, gets her jacket. It was like, a, who was that man in the poncho? I was like, a, don't worry, darling. I'm not going to harm you. She's like, shoot. Well, then she, she gets rid of Daryl. And then after this, 
we see Miss Price goes to visit business Elijah and then I talks to Elijah. We see that Elijah he's just just his head kind of like tilted. He barely even moves. His legs are like really skinny. Because he's um he's been confined to the wheelchair ever mm -hmm. since he broke his spine and unbreakable. Mm -hmm. So he's still in that wheelchair. And uh, yeah, he's he's paralyzed. Mm -hmm. And then as also Dr. Staples was like, um, the first time that he was admitted here, he knew the whole blueprint of the building and he short-circuited the power of all of the hospital. He has the notion that superheroes are based on people like him. He believes also that Mr. Dunn is also a superhero too. And then Miss Price was like, uh, you don't let them to keep you down, Elijah. Stay proud. As we see that David gets hosed down in the room and then Man, that Ellie says like, okay, I'm gonna. I want you to let me. I want you to agree to an MRI because I believe that you have damage in your frontal lobe when you survived the train wreck 19 years ago. That maybe this uh, this thing in your frontal lobe could cause you delusion that you believe that you're a superhero. Oh, and is this where we get the real Avengers trailer moment? In the purple, or no, 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 it's a pink room. Yeah, the pink room. Yeah, when uh, they go into the pink room. Well, we're almost there, and so as we see, we see that the other identity, Mister Pritchett, is the professor of cinema that is Japanese from 1950 to the 80s. We see that the the lady that speaks in Spanish is like, "Por favor, señor, mi corazón duele por lo que la horda ha hecho. Piensan lo que es lo correcto, está bien. No está bien lastimar." How was his Spanish, by the way? Oh, his Spanish was bad, so that's why I changed it. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, it feels kind of wrong. Yeah. But he tries. And then, uh, but there was some words that James McAvoy said well, though. But the wording was bad. It was wrong, though. Ah, so it's the conjugation. Yeah, the conjugation. And so we see, we see that says, hello, Patricia. Lista talking with Patricia I was like, I got her. You're kind of like a high priestess. This isn't a. This isn't about me, says Patricia. It's about the beast. But who is that man? That man that he cannot get out. And then he's talking about. Let me recap. Your dad is talking now with Joseph Ellie. It was like your dad is not the Green Guardian. You said that he's a trickster, and I will love him. You thought it was gonna be fun for him to pretend to be this man for a day. He thought. He had his theories by a friend called Louis or Lou. And then he went to the factories and he had an assumption because of what he saw in the news that he thought that he was going to see this man. And then he said, Ellie says to Joseph, do you want me to believe this? It was like, uh, Joseph, how many years have you believed that your father is a superhero? Have you ever doubted maybe he doesn't? As we see that Joseph gets out and he's crying and he remembers a deleted scene from Unbreakable. As we see David opening the door and, and then and then Joseph was like, I had a nightmare. And then I was like, but that I believe that you can be like that. what that mister says. I was like, uh, says Joseph, many people can, can weight lift all of that weight. It's not only me, but he says, I believe. 
I can be your hero, baby. <laughs> you know that at some point it was going to be played. And then we see Casey arriving. And then she's talking to Dr. Staple. I was like, but why are you here? She's like, he's just like, I want to talk to him, to them. I was like, but you're the victim. As we see that Casey goes to Wehebwick, I was like, oh, oh, you're here. I was like, well, for you to know, I like Drake now. I know that Nikki and Drake broke up and you're going to choose a side. And also, this doctor believes that the whore is kind of like a comic book character. And also, I'm sorry for trying to feed you to the beast, though. But, and then she talks to me, Dr. Staple, she's my girlfriend. We kiss. Don't worry. I haven't cheated on you. <laughs> yep. And then she goes and is just like, this woman is trying to help you, then touches his uh, arm. Well, he did change into Dennis mm -hmm. as well. Again, everything about the posture and the eyebrows and everything, you believe, like, it's like, oh, shit, yeah, Dennis is here now. Mm -hmm. And then she grabs his hand, and then Kevin emerges and is like, oh, my gosh, it's you. Um, what, what are you doing here? And she explains it really quick, and it's just like, Kevin, you need to stay in the light. But, of course, the Horde does not like that. Mm-hmm. And Hedwig gets control again. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, oh my gosh, do you like Kevin now? <laughs> and then as we see Dr. Staple proposes to Casey, it was like, maybe what Kevin needs is kind of like love and affection that he never had got it. Maybe you can show it in a different way, Casey, of the thing that he needs. Can you help me with that? And so as see. we see all of the cameras getting installed, we see Dr. Staple with Elijah. I was like, uh, you see this? Everything's getting recorded. Every corner of the building is going to be monitored. Everything will be documented. We're going to do a corrective procedure on you that balances that part of the frontal lobe that is overstimulated in three days. As we see, we cut in and we see Elijah in the middle of the hallway in one of the nurses that is not Daryl. I forgot his name. It's like, how you get out of here? Pierce. Oh, yeah, Pierce. So I was like, uh, how this you guy's get out? a dick. Yeah, he's an asshole, Pierce. And it was like, uh, they put him back in. I was like, uh, did he take any medicine? And Daryl was like, no. And then this is we get into the big deconstruction of the three characters, the pink room. Oh, yes. Elijah gets wheeled in. And he's been basically catatonic this entire time he doesn't say anything he doesn't do anything he's just a vegetable mm -hmm. or so we think and david of course reacts like why is he here he killed a lot of people mm -hmm. he is responsible for that he is very dangerous you do not want him in here but dr staple is like nope we need you in here for our trailer shot Mm -hmm. And then Staple is like, a, the three of you think that you're superhuman, that you're not normal. You convince yourself that you have superpowers, like something out of a comic book. I'm going to discuss the possibility that you're mistaken. And then she talks to, to Dennis. I was like, uh, the, and they was like, come on, Dennis, tell me. I was like, Kevin's mom hurt, hurt him. His dad went to find a doctor to heal her, but he never came back. And then we see that Dr. Staple sees Dr. Fletcher's note, and then she says, Kevin Wendell Crumb, 
Kevin Wendell Crumb. And as we see that Kevin gets a flashback of his mother chasing him with a burning iron. I was like, a, I told you to not be running the house, Kevin Wendell Crumb. And as we Why see did that, you say that name? You say your name. And then Kevin was like, I didn't want it any of this. I don't want to be here. And Dr. Staple was like, everything starts from a memory. And then Hedwig is like, I'm going to keep Kevin out of the light. You have to live. We have to listen to Patricia. And then, and then Dr. Staple, oh, you listen to her because she's an adult. And I was like, yeah, but you're trying to convince us. But I agree. We're like a superhero. We're not crazy. Da, 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 da. And then, and then they, and then she goes to David. I was like, David, there's a memory that you possibly entertain the idea that you're a super strong. And then as we see a flashback of David getting drowned in the pool, the thing that we knew in context in Unbreakable. Yeah, but we never saw. Mm-hmm. We never and saw it. It is pretty much how it was described in Unbreakable. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool to see it. Like we didn't need to see it, but mm-hmm. in the context of this movie it makes sense. And then we get um, after that, her describing an incident with Elijah with mm-hmm. one of his breaks. And this is just heartbreaking for me. And so he went to a carnival and he went to go on like a tilt twirl yeah. ride. Obviously you slide around a lot mm-hmm. in those. And with him having the brittle bone disease, I'm just going to just call it that just mm-hmm. out of simplicity. I know it has the name. Osteogenesis Imperfecta, I think? Yes, Mm -hmm. that. Osteogenesis Imperfecta. But Elijah being smart, he had, I think, some stuffed animals or something. He had like stuffed animals on both sides and maybe, and also kind of like in in, in front of his stomach. Yeah, and a jacket as well. Mm -hmm. So, and and it seems to be working for a little bit. And he managed to break away from his mother to do Mm -hmm. this because obviously his mother would not let him. Mm-hmm. do that and unfortunately the jacket comes loose and the animals are too far apart i think mm-hmm. and he starts breaking a lot of bones yeah and they're like stop stop and it's just it's an amazing dramatic scene everything it's so heartbreaking to mm-hmm. for anybody to go through that and Mm-hmm. Yeah, Elijah doesn't react at all being mm-hmm. told that. And then we see that Dr. Staple goes back into David. I was like, come on, convince me about your power. I was like, and David was like, it's like a feeling. It's like an intuition, like a vision. I had to in- interpret it. I was like, I think, David, you're kind of like a magician, a trained mentalist. You're, you think that you're extraordinary. I think you're extraordinary at it. But maybe it's based on real things and you're making the picture your way and then she shows that in Kevwick's pants there was clay what if you deducted that the man that he was walking next to you was the person that he was from the news and then you saw them this man acting like a child and you it fit with the disorder that was describing the news and they was like you're creating a chain of thoughts that never happened then Patricia's like uh-huh. I said to him really well, doctor, doctor, good for you. <laughs> oh, it's 
it's bad gaslighting mm-hmm. like 100% and you're just like stop talking god <laughs> Sarah and Paulson I why? know and then Sarah Paulson till now goes after Patricia it was like a, I saw in your computer that you like to watch countless videos of rock climbers what if of you and your practical observation you develop a skill set and when she's like, no, that can be. Can you explain what happened to the metal bars in the zoo? Those bars were made in 1874 when the zoo guy was open. I was able to do it through a wrench and leaning back. Difficult, but possible. And then Patricia was like, but what about the shotgun? He got shot twice. You cannot explain that, that the beast survived that. We analyzed the shotgun and the cartridges. They were very old. And there was a lot of moisture in that area. Always a witty response to everything, but it does make everybody go like, oh, shit, maybe Mm -hmm. she is telling the truth. And then I think this is the night where it it cuts to the night. Yeah, almost. And then and the last thing that she says was like, uh, the fact that you base your beliefs are wrong. If superheroes says, why there's only three of you, as we see that Casey goes to a comic book shop. And she has a, what is the com- first comic book published? And then she knows about Action Comics number one, mm-hmm. that it was uh, published in 1938. And I love the comic book, man. It's like, a, what are you doing right back there? Are you one of those helicopter perverts? And just was like, I'm just looking for something. And I'm like, and I just like, it's like poetry and rhymes. <laughs> and then we see David. We see David all sad in a corner. We see that Elijah and I moving. And as we see that Dr. Staple is preparing the machine, we see that Casey's reading comic books. As we see Elijah, the fucking asshole nurse that is playing with Elijah, I'm pretty sure that you move. If I throw down this flashlight right now on your legs, I'm going to break them right now. I want you to flinch, Elijah. Show me that you're, you're moving. And Elijah doesn't move at all. It's a actually a pretty good tension filled scene because mm-hmm. the he drops the flashlight it's one of those heavy flashlights mm-hmm. that like night guards use and it almost hits his legs catches it at the last minute mm-hmm. it's like whoa good reflexes but yep elijah does not move at all and he's just like all right but i'm watching you not really i've been but watching you and then wasowski wasowski and as we see the elijah we see his wheelchair rolling and Elijah is Googling Kevin. And uh, so he finds out Ke- he finds Kevin's father's uh, he gets amazed about Kevin's father's name. And then he sees uh, uh, a magazine that says Osaka Tower, a true marvel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Elijah goes to see Patricia. It was like, how do you get here without anyone seeing you? And there was like, Daryl has a really bad muffler. And uh, he's around at 11 p.m. He takes like seven minutes to to get checked by security. But then he takes a while to go to his desk. And I was like, uh, and Patricia's like, someone has been pretending. And then he shows in a part of his wheelchair that all of the medication that Dr. Staple has given him, he changed it for aspirin this whole yeah, time. Yeah, he, he's been... He, he has a placebo this entire mm-hmm. time and he uses this time of breaking free from his cell to meet with Patricia mm-hmm. and it's just 
like I propose that we team up because mm-hmm. that's what bad guys do. Yeah. Says I'm a comic book expert. I believe that comics are a continuation of documentation that has gone on for centuries of what humans are capable of. It was like a, I want I want to meet the beast. And I was like, I believe that the beast is a dual character. I mean, who has abilities like animals? And I was like, uh, if he's real, all I want, I will set you free tomorrow. And I was like, uh, but what if he can do his, his extraordinary things as Patricia? What if he's just some world like you? Everything extraordinary can be explained right away. And he says, like, uh, this is real world, not a cartoon. Everything extraordinary has a scientific basis. I was like, uh, if I get you to meet each other, I hope that the beast likes you, says Patricia. What do we call you, sir? First name, mister. Last name, glass. Trailer line. <laughs> oh, not only that, everything in the pink room, mm-hmm. that was using the trailers. Yep. I distinctly remember all of those were using the trailers and a little bit of the third act. Mm-hmm. But not too much of it because then it would reveal some big all of it. spoilers. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it, what happens after Elijah returns to his it, room? Staple finds out about Elijah that he was getting out. He drugs him and sedates him and he goes through the procedure kind of like a laser that looks a lot like the laser from Final Destination 4. Final Destination 5, sorry. As we see that Elijah gets that flashback that we already talked about, about the plushies. As we see that Daryl arrives to Elijah's room, I was like, huh, here's the dinner, Elijah. Those pictures look crooked, though. I was like, are you all right? And he's sitting in front of Elijah and Elijah just... And cuts his neck. It's like... It took me a lot of time to find the right piece. And then he throws it and we see all of the shattered glass symbolism. As we hear all of the tick, 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 tick. And I'm like, why is not Siler right there? <laughs> yeah, all the, all the ticking, I was just like, yeah, this is Siler from Heroes. This movie yes. is very similar to Heroes. It's it's very eerie. <laughs> and also we see that Elijah, he sees kind of like, I don't know how to describe this. Kind of like this metal piece with a lot of like, kind of like lenses. Technically, it's revealing that Elijah tampered with the laser of the machine for him not to be operated like Staple wanted. And so, and then we see that Glass goes to the to the Beast's room, and he's trying to get to uh, to get to the Beast. I was like, uh, one of them, one of the others is like, I'm Luke. I'm totally Team Whore, by the way. I was like, uh, they say that I'm a blabber, but the mouth that I like to spoil movies. Everybody knows that the priest dies at the end of the exorcist. And then this person, it was like, uh, the other identity is called Goddard. It was like, the American supply, don't you know it? Why is this world? It's a, lo- it's a lost cause. It's why the beast, this is the only thing that is pure and meaningful. And then Elijah, the American sublime is about land and seascapes, depleting the immensity of nature. The use of violent storms is what distanced us. It was a common practice. I love paintings and it's an interest of mine. And then Harry goes like, a, is it true if I touch you, I will break your bones? And Glass is like, yes. What is your superpower? Your mind? I was like, a, well, you're nine years for it. You have nine, you're nine forever. You can see the world how it really is. And then we get, he frees 
Hedwig and they go to kind of like a, the room where the machine is and we see the beast arrives and it's Mr. Mr. Glass. Do you believe? I believe. It was like my heart is losing faith. And then Elijah was like, I propose you to do something. In the comics, there's always people, the way that you will track it, they're just going to a public place where everybody can see you, but you need David to convince them. You should fight against him in front of the world. This is pretty BBS. <laughs> like Lex Luthor versus Superman. <laughs> All of the cameras will be on oh, you. Oh, yeah. It's, it's very much the... It's the bad guys meeting up for the first time. The Beast really <laughs> likes him because he knows immediately he has suffered He's and is pure. pure. <laughs> they and, shall inherit the earth. And then I was like, uh, I believe you were sent here as an avenging angel. Are you going to avenge us? And this is like, he can do that. Shoot him or something. <laughs> <laughs> There was an idea. <laughs> I mean, if we're talking about, well, the Avengers mm -hmm. isn't isn't he one of the Avengers technically? Mm -hmm. I mean, in both universe, in not not just the Marvel universe, but also in the in the PCU. The PCU, the Philadelphia Jackson is the glue, especially yeah. in that first phase of Marvel as well. <laughs> Uh, and then we see Elijah talking on the mic to David. Hello, David. I always thought that you and I were friends. You shouldn't be hiding in the shadows. You hide with those people that you stop with those muggers. You don't show your full potential. You're using 1% of your abilities with those petty criminals. And then David's like, there's nothing to hide, Elijah. I found someone that missed your potential. How can we be the only one, says David? I'm going to show you. I'm going to show the world about us in this building. And this building has three floors of a chemical company. I'm going to blow them up. And then the people is going to know about the existence of us. That is, unless you can stop me. You, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. Come on, David. You believe that you're human. So technically, you're going to break your bones. That door is metal. And also, I shut down all of the hoses. Then he can give you a freebie. A lot of people are going to die over here. If you don't get through that door. That was super comic book. That last line. Oh, for sure. And I was just like, and you know what he did? He starts monologuing. Oh, but it actually makes sense. He's not, <laughs> he's not saying, oh, look at how feeble you are and how inevitable it is. And I could leave you in this room if I want. But I'm going to let you do this just because... I'm like five steps ahead of you. So mm -hmm. let's just, let's keep it there. Yeah. And so this is when, I think this is when David breaks out. Yeah. David breaks out and we see Elijah going to kind of like a storage room. He gets his iconic, I love that fucking purple seal of suit that he's wearing. And as we see that the other nurse, the, the uh, he realizes that Daryl is dead. He chases Mr. Glass and the Beast, and then the Beast is like, oh, you hurt him. You should kneel before him. He's the broken. As we see that the nurse gets killed exactly the same way as Dr. As, as Dr. Fletcher. And oh, I yeah. The dick uh, got what was coming to him. Mm -hmm. Even though I don't think that Daryl deserved it, though. 
No, it was Pierce. Yeah, it was like, but that's the thing. Pierce deserved it, but the other one that got sliced by but Elijah, he didn't deserve it, though. A casualty of a war that was inevitable when it was involved with supervillains. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. And then we and yeah, see. I like Daryl. Yeah, we see Elijah going through the basement as we see that he proposes to Patricia to take him. As we see that David escapes, he gets his poncho. As we see that Casey, Joseph, and Miss Price arrive, I was like, oh, I don't know why you believe that this is technically kind of like a comic book. Have you ever been to a comic book convention? Says Dr. Staple. They sell teen TV shows. They sell things. They have Lutter's perspective. Oh, he's the brains. He's the brawn. He's the hero. It sounds familiar. But comic books are not valid history. And then... Yes, that, they are. And then Dr. Staple leaves. And Miss Price was like, I have heard about this. This is the climax of one of those limited editions. They refer this as the showdown, where all of the skills are revealed and they pit it against each other. Like the, the final episode of Hero Season 1. <laughs> as we see the beast flipping a car, we see Elijah putting a code into one of the screens. As we see that Dennis kidnaps two women workers and shoves them into a van. And then it's like, how many people are going to die? He's talking to, to Mr. Glass. And Heaven was like, a, oh, what's up? And then we see Patricia, don't worry. There's still 10 of us. As we see here, the ticking, and they say, and Mr. Glass is like, the piece is not done yet. Uh, we see David running through the hallways, and all of the other patients are seeing David running. As we see the beast turning to attack some more cops, and we, I love this way of how we see Mr. Glass seeing the tower, and then he turns around like the collection of main characters, and I was like, oh my god, that like this was so fucking meta. I was like, ah! <laughs> we see Casey, Miss Price, and Joseph getting out in this beautiful shot of them, like uh, the way that gets near to them as we see the BC and Casey and the Beast and David start fighting. Oh, and it's actually really cool. <laughs> oh, yeah, and then uh, also two cops show up, but the Beast makes short work of them. <laughs> Trailer moments of the Beast snarling and all that stuff and <laughs> running like, well, a Beast. Almost right like a them. cheetah, too. Sort of, and that's also part of the big climax where we see the Batman versus Superman. They're about to punch each other and everything, mm-hmm. but this time they just, they just beat the crap out of each other. Yeah, I love the way that the, you see David punching the van as we see the nurses are still there, and we see all of the damn holes. That was damn cool. And as we see that Elijah goes to the Beatles like a, Use the water tank. Water is his weakness. And then we see Jason. I was like, no. And just talks to Kevin. He's not telling you something. He's lying to you. And, and Elijah was like, don't tell him yet. It was like uh, Clarence Crumb was not in any train. He didn't just took any train. As we see that Clarence, a uh, flashback, as we see that Kevin is saying goodbye to his father. We see that kid, that Kevin's father was on the same train in Unbreakable on East Trail 177. What a twist! Dun! Like the music. <laughs> Even though we already knew about this in, in Split, if you notice the hint. And so we see that was like a. He's my. And then we see Glass, it was like a. 
And then we see the beast going against God. I was like, this is all the evidence. If Kevin Zab would have never let him, his mother would have never hurt him. The beast would have never been born. What are the odds that those two people were in that train that same day? I created you as I created David. It just took 19 years. I create superheroes. I really am a mastermind. And the beast is like a... I come to protect Kevin and I cannot trust you to keep him safe. And he just grabs his shoulder and he breaks it. And I was like, oh crap. And then he punches him in the chest and you hear the fucking everything shattering. And the way that he see glass, Mr. Glass uh, fucking bleeding so quickly. Oh, and it's, then, again, it's brutal. Just like the flashback. And, and then we wow, immediately... David, it was like, a, hey, we never said all of that kneeling thing. And then in the glass is like, a, oh, the classic term. The enemy has become the ally because he's a hero. <laughs> in the end. In the end. And then we see them fighting at the tank. David is getting weak, but he breaks the tank. As we see a little pothole filling up with water. As we see that Casey stops the beast, I was like, release me. I was like, and she's like, let me talk to Kevin Wendell Crumb. I need to talk to him. Kevin Wendell Crumb. And then Kevin was like, oh, come on, you can do this, but I'm not in charge in the license, Kevin. I was like, you can control, you can control the beast. As we see that a little laser goes through Casey, but also it settles into Kevin and it shoots him in the stomach. As we see that the person shooting has a three clover tattoo on his wrist. Oh yeah, and so then we get a very emotional scene. The with, second uh, twist. The <laughs> second twist, because now we have Elijah on the ground dying because mm -hmm. his body is literally just broken, shattered. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's he's literally broken um, <laughs> physically, and now Kevin is coming back to the light. Mm -hmm. As in this we, case, a literal light. A literal like, light. As we and see, this is Casey's purpose in the entire movie is just to let break the, beast, the light. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to let the beast's guard down and make sure Kevin is there so he can get shot and die. Mm -hmm. And it's there to comfort him to death. Really good acting again from Anya and uh, James. Mm -hmm. Really good. And as we see that, we see that Doctor Staple. Seeing that she sees uh, she sees David getting drowned into the portal into the puddle because of all of these men drowning him, and then is that supposed to come on, David? Take my hand. As we see that we go into a flashback with Doctor Staple is in a restaurant. We see two people leaving, and she's like, "It's just us." As we see that Doctor Staple, we go into the present. They sent me here to tell me to for the truth. Tell me, David, did I convince you? Did I convince you that you were normal? And then as we see, I'm sorry. I would have let you alone, but the horse showed up. I had to come. And as she leaves David, and as we see David dying, and the way that we focus on the water, as we see Miss Price with Elijah, you didn't tell me there was a showdown at the end of limited edition. How you didn't know how it was going to end? No, mama, this is not a limited edition. This is an origin story. As we see, Devin, uh, Devin, David just dies. As we see, Kevin 
It's like, what's happening? Everybody was like, it hurts, Casey. And then it's like, a, I wish you had not listened to them. It was like, a, oh, and these pants are getting all, all bloody. We need to clean. You need to clean them, Casey. And Patricia was like, a, they are both extraordinary. And then we see Kevin. All of them are scared, but I'm going to hold the light until the end. And then we see Kevin dying. And we see Joseph fighting against the cops that killed his father. As we see, Dr. Staple goes to Elijah. And then she's like, they had it wrong in the comics. They talk about secret evil groups trying to stop the heroes. We're not evil. We don't take any sides. We're trying to stop you both. When one of you shows up, the opposite appears. And it escalates. That's why we step in. They cannot be God amongst us. DC reference? <laughs> it worked fine for 10,000 years our way. But be at peace, my friend, that you were right. And, he, and Dr. Staple leaves, and then his mother comes back. I wasn't a mistake, mama. And the mother was like, no, you were spectacular. As we see that glass dies, and we see all of the cameras shut down. As we see Dr. Staple convincing everyone at the asylum that none Everything that happened was because of drugs. Nothing was real. As we go... Oh, yeah. And also, just the look on Joseph's face. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. How devastating for him. He just lost his other parent. And mm -hmm. he saw it happen, too. Mm -hmm. Like, again, Spencer Treat Clark. Really good job. Really good and acting. Just, yeah. The problem with this last act is... Too many twists. So far, not the actual fighting and stuff mm -hmm. that's actually awesome and that's been built up you knew it was going to happen it's what happens afterwards from from this point on this is where people get really hated and really hate this ending i'm mm -hmm. sort of halfway in this you know with all the information dump that's about to happen yeah i can see that why though i thought more people were were angry because of the secret evil corporation showing up at the last minute though i mean that's also really stupid but i was like whatever i can i can buy that well that's the thing for me it's not far-fetched because illuminati confirmed i saw heroes i have seen x-men etc so we already know about this and <laughs> etc and my shaman is doing is doing a deconstruction of superhero comics so and as we see the restaurant and we see uh, three people leaving and then on oh, everything goes into pause technically everybody stops the noise and the music it was like um and dr staples like every one of them were all three of them were real if you approve i'm gonna move to the next city will there be any repercussions no my method is the most humane way if they can resist if they if they resist we'll use the machine but this is the way that we maintain balance we keep order as we see that Ellie goes to the comic book shop. And this is, it looks a lot like the comic book shop from the first Unbreakable, though. And then she goes through all of the hallways. And then she's in one of the other, one of the hallways all the way in the back. And we see two comic book nerds talking. I was like, he's too smart. That's why he's the mastermind. He sets everybody up looking the other way. There's always a real plan. Obviously, that Ellie goes to the hospital. It was like, it's all of the videos were erased, right? Nothing was being downloaded. As we see a security guard, somebody was streaming the live security tape to a private site. And I love the fucking music, the fucking violin. Dun, 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 dun. She's like, 
he went through the tunnels to be seen through all of the cameras. He was never being planning to go to that building. This was a suicide mission. I gave him all of the cameras that he needed right here. As we see, all of the cameras were put down. Elijah planned this whole thing. And she's like, what have you done, Elijah? And then she goes in the middle of the house. She screams. I'm sorry. I fucking love this. I did not saw the thing of the cameras coming because I was so focused on the on like seeing the whole movie. The first time I saw it, I did not saw that foreshadowing. And for me, it was the ultimate fuck you uh, for for Glass to, to Dr. Staple because technically he's saying that Glass knew the whole thing since the beginning. For me, this is how I see so it. What though. you're saying is they were some sort of suicide squad mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but just didn't know it yet well yeah. only one of them knew but still yeah as we see that mrs price she's at her at her place and she gets an email so and then we get a recording of 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 elijah it was like there are forces they don't want us to realize what we're capable of they want us to suspect that the special of us is re- they don't want us to know about how special we are. I believe if they see this, as we see all of the videos are technically on the email, was like, and we see Joseph getting it to and Casey. I believe that belief is contagious. We can give each other permission to be superheroes. We will never be awakened otherwise. These people, they don't want us to learn the truth today. They lose. As we see on the trade station, they go, we see Casey, Joseph, and Mrs. Price. It was like a- all dressed in uh, the appropriate colors mm-hmm. as well. I never really thought about that until I saw the ending, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, it's like it's their it's their legacy characters. Mm-hmm. The, all the sidekicks or allies, yeah, are the ones that carry it on. Mm-hmm. And so you know what they did? They did what anybody else would do." You upload it to the internet mm-hmm. where I am sure that there would be lots of people that are like, oh, it's fake. And then there are some that will be like, oh, it's real. Mm-hmm. And you could make something like a mini series discussing that part of it. But honestly, you don't really need it. You, actually, you don't need it, though. And then as we see, all of them are reacting. Joseph gets a flashback when David is shushing at him to keep the secret. Casey remembers how she survived the Sioux. And we see the really, really great, kind of like a beautiful moment that Miss Price remembers the first time that she gave Elijah a comic book. And she says it has a surprise ending. I think that Shyamalan was given the hint throughout the whole fucking trilogy. That's my interpretation of that moment in Unbreakable, that he was saying the whole twist, even all the way to the end. It was not only the twist and Unbreakable, it was also the twist of glass. And we see that everybody is reacting. And that's the end of the Israel 177 trilogy. Even though in my head canon, it would have been a post-credit scene as we see Hiro Nakamura seeing the videos and reading a comic book. And we see the eclipse and we hear, ah, ah, and that would have been perfect. <laughs> so yeah, that was glass. <laughs> And I have a lot of mixed feelings. Yeah, yeah tell it. me. For me, it's definitely the weakest of mm-hmm. the three. I don't think anybody denies that it's the weakest of the three mm-hmm. compared to the other two. And again, sorry about background noise. Mm-hmm. My, I've tried to talk as little as possible because they always make some damn noise whenever I try to talk. It's just, it's life. But um, 
Yeah, no, Glass is still a really... It's it's a lot better than I expected it to be. When people mm-hmm. were shitting on it, I was kind of surprised. I was like, really? This is not a Shyamalan's worst work no, it's by not. a long shot. He has made a lot worse stuff. And this is my... I think this is why the critics were bashing on it. I think that the critics were waiting for a Marvel movie. That's I exactly like- what they were doing. Mm-hmm. That's why, like... People don't like to talk about it, but there is a very clear bias against Marvel. For, mm-hmm. Except for Eternals, for whatever reason. That's like the one where it was like, okay, we can collectively agree it's not it's not flawless. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are really good, but some of them are just like, you're being way too generous on this. Uh-huh. And you're doing it because it's like the first time and stuff. Captain Tough, Marvel. Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're calling you out on that bullshit. That shit was... Mm-hmm. Man, I hope that sequel gets better. Mm-hmm. I really hope that Naya Costa hope- pulls a Taika Waititi and just like completely reinvents the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Actually, make our character character like likable, and so we can connect to her. Yeah, because I mean the potential is there. Mm-hmm. Come on, it will be so cool, and yeah, it would represent a lot. But yeah, um, I think if it just wasn't for the pacing, and, um. Just how, yeah, if it wasn't for the rushed pacing at the mm-hmm. end and the information dump, you still got some of the dialogue where it was just like, yeah, they repeat things like two or three times in the span of like five minutes. Mm-hmm. But that's just M. Night Shyamalan dialogue. He tends to do that a lot. He needs to, I mean, if he really wanted to, he could do that, but he doesn't. Mm-hmm. And I think it's all, I mean, it's also hard writing a movie. Yeah, it's not like writing a book, which that's also equally hard. Mm-hmm. But it's and, it's tough, and it's also for for me. I can see the criticism, like we you mentioned before, all of those things. Yeah, there's a, a lot of rush pacing, a lot of info dumps and exposition to trying to get the setting. I think because this is one, and Shyamalan really wanted to do with a trilogy to all of the three movies to feel different from each other, to not technically to be kind of like a serialized kind of like narrative that that all of three of them depend of each other. And the technically the link that they link them is the characters, but not the story. And so... Uh, I, I think that's why people were also disappointed with this is because you kind of needed to at least see either Unbreakable or Split mm-hmm. before you saw Glass. Yes. Because I don't think it works as a movie on its own. Like no. its own little tale. I do agree with that. It doesn't work as a standalone movie. It's like watching the Avengers, but that's it. Mm-hmm. Like no, nothing else. That's why I was glad I saw Split before mm-hmm. that, because I had some idea. And I feel like if I hadn't, I would have been confused. Mm-hmm. Been like, who are these people? Why should I care? And everything. But it was made for fans of Unbreakable. Yes. And just that part of Shyamalan's filmography which is why i think you love it so much Mm -hmm. and i'm more of like it's a lot better than people think and it's very underrated as well it's just a very it's it's grown a cult following over a couple of years like the best comic books and the best comic and the best movies so for that reason Mm -hmm. i'm gonna give glass i'll give it an eight Nice. Not quite as high as the others, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's bad. No. So, uh, well, the next two, 
or at least one of them. We've we've covered some bad Shyamalan. Mm-hmm. Nothing will ever top the last Airbender. If I, I'm no. more curious to see our last pick for this month, just my reaction to that. Uh, which that's uh, a very, very, very uh, divisive movie. Very. But I can tell you, the uh, the last Airbender is still his worst movie, though. Yes, and you understand my my pain. Yeah, I, I understand. I'm, I'm not going on Twitter like shitting on it every day like people mm-hmm. do. Uh, Zack Snyder movies. Yeah, the only reason why they do that is just to piss off the people that they know will react to it, mm-hmm. which is just it's never going to end. It's sad. Anyway, the, the thing closing that I thoughts say, on class. My closing thoughts will be like yes. This is the thing. I remember when I got out from the screening, I saw it with oh, so many N.I. Shyamalan fans that we just saw Unbreakable and Split back to back, and we're seeing Glass two weeks before everyone else. And I was like, maybe I having that kind of like MCU, like people that they go to the premiere. Like uh, I went to the premiere, I got all of this free shit and whatever, and I gave this movie a positive like, review. What if I need to see it again after the hype? And that's the thing that I did. I went to see it again when it got released and I still love it. And then I read the reviews and I saw it two more times. I noticed that the flaws in it, but I still love the movie though. I think like you said, I think this movie specifically, it was necessary to see Unbreakable and Split to get the context, especially for the people that said that the ending is too much of the, like a, like a derail of the story. The heavy foreshadowing was an unbreakable, if you think about it. All of the foreshadowing of this ending was in unbreakable. And so at the end, I still love this movie. It's amazing. I this movie's still an eleven for me. I fucking love it. I'm glad to hear that. Mm-hmm. That just makes me very happy that it found an audience. And yeah, we have now covered the East Trail 177 trilogy. Mm-hmm. And we still got two more movies left, and I asked Raul many, many months ago mm-hmm. which ones to pick, and we settled on our first one, The Village. Yes. And the, the last one, we'll keep that a secret for mm-hmm. now, but there's not that many of Shyamalan's big movies. We've been trying to avoid his big disaster ones mm-hmm. like the ones that were critically and commercially terrible mm-hmm. there's a couple of them we're, uh, we're now in the period where he was just starting to mm-hmm. to slump yeah because i think after these two maybe we haven't done after earth all the devil i count devil as one of his movies though and even I though he not. produced it i know i know that you don't it doesn't technically it just directed movies, not story wise, but it's a lot yeah. of him in that movie, though. Well, I mean, you could say that about a lot of people. I oh, mean, that's true, though. Quentin Tarantino wrote True Romance, but he didn't. That's not really a Quentin Tarantino movie. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and same thing with uh, From Dusk Till Dawn. I the first were- half of that movie was a straight up Tarantino movie because he wrote it. I thought you were going to bring up also Sin City, though, because Quentin Tarantino directed only, like, one part of it. But most of it is Yeah, but that's very much a Robert Rodriguez movie. Mm -hmm. And he actually directed it, so that does count as Mm -hmm. a Rodriguez movie. But we're not here to talk about Robert Rodriguez, unfortunately. We're still on M. Night Shyamalan, and we'll Mm -hmm. see you for The Village. Until then, 
Where can the good people find you? You can find me as always at RoboBearRDC on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, and on TikTok at RoboBearRDC. Please follow us on SYNSPOT on Twitter. Please give us a nice review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and the other ones. And Emily, you're listening. I fucking love you. And you. So you can follow me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Master of Puns196. Every word starts with a capital letter. You could also follow me on Instagram at Billy Batson's Lightning. Nothing is capitalized. And you can also follow our main show Twitter once again at SYNS Pod, as well as give us a five star and give us write us a review on Apple. And then also listen to us on Google, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever podcasts are listened to. And as always, see you next summer. Dun, 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 tick, 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 dun, 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 dun,